0: Hello and welcome back to the Yeshua Judaism series of studies in which we are answering the question, what is the true Holy Scripture? And does Christianity actually advance explicitly the true Holy Scripture? Is that what they teach from? Do they utilize the true Holy Scripture or do they utilize something else? And this is part four of that discussion, and in the previous three parts we have basically already proven that christianity is incorrect when they advance the the notion that the new testament is true holy scripture and that it is the final word and authority it isn't and i won't uh, restate what was what was stated already in parts one through three but the tanakh is the true holy scripture and before i enter into part four I want to uh, clarify some things I said in Part 3. In Part 3, at one point, I uh, discussed how rabbis misrepresent what is or is not messianic passages within the Tanakh. For instance, Isaiah 53 is a classic example and probably the best example. And you will have rabbis out there who will claim that Isaiah 53 is not messianic. It does not refer to Messiah. And Jews, devout Jews who follow those rabbis, will also say the same thing. And you'll often hear it, for instance, in from countermissionaries and anti-missionaries. Those are those are people generally of a of the from the Jewish mindset, from the Judaic mindset, Akiva Judaism, who try to destroy one's faith ...in the New Testament and, of course, in Yeshua also, known by his false name, Jesus. And one, org- one organization, for instance, is Jews for Judaism. And their objective is to prevent Jews from converting into Christianity. And, frankly, I tend to actually support them. If you're referring to the Christianity that teaches Jesus is God... ...and that the Torah is abolished and no longer in effect... I would actually agree with the kind of missionaries on that. A Jew should not, should not embrace a man as God, a false man, God, Messiah, and should not uh, basically abandon the Torah. But not all Christians believe like that. So in that regard, I actually agree with the kind of missionaries. However, they go much further than that. They use all manner of deceit, uh, misinformation, etc., uh, severe, serious double standards in comparison, say comparing New Testament to their own material, etc. And one of the things they do also is often they are among those who teach that Isaiah 53 and other passages are not messianic. And I, used to, I actually stated in the last part, part three, don't ever believe a rabbi. Now, what I meant by that, and I probably should not have stated it, In that manner, what I meant was within the context of what was being discussed, which was messianic passages. Yeah, don't believe a rabbi, because it depends on the rabbi that you talk to. Some will flat out say, and they'll state it as a categoric fact, as an indisputable fact, that, for instance, Isaiah 53 is not a messianic passage. And they know that's not true they know that there are many rabbis who say otherwise. And not just Isaiah 53, but most things that Christians would consider messianic passages from the Tanakh, many rabbis would agree. Now, they do not agree that Yeshua is the Messiah identified, but they will agree that those are messianic passages. And and they will very strongly agree, for instance, that Isaiah 53 is messianic. I've listened to numerous uh, audios, numerous audios, and watched videos and YouTubes, etc., read material from uh, various rabbis who teach Hashkafa. They get into more of the Kabbalistic aspects of Torah, and it's very clear. They champion the fact that Isaiah 53 and other passages are messianic. So when I said, don't ever believe a rabbi, I was referring to that limited uh, I guess, scenario and topic of conversation. Now, there are other things I would say don't believe a rabbi. That, see, here's the problem. There are people who become very enamored by rabbis, and it's easy to do. If you're searching for truth, if you're searching for devotion, you will not find more devotion than what appears in a rabbinic context within a Akiva Judaism. Often the rabbis have long, flowing, white beards. They just, they just look like this wise person, this very wise man. They present themselves. They speak often very eloquently, and they have wisdom and knowledge, and they've, they've studied for decades, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So people get drawn into that, and they develop a mindset that this rabbi is, in, is in effect, infallible. And there are a lot of people that do that. Believe me, I've known a lot of people who become uh, just fans and fanboys and groupies for rabbis. And I love the rabbis. There are, I have rabbis, various rabbis that are my favorites, and I love listening to their material. I have various, there various authors. I love reading their material from a rabbinic perspective, from a Kiva Judaism perspective. But I don't worship them. I don't view them as infallible. I learn from them. I learn an enormous amount from them. But I never allow myself to get drawn into the thought that these men are speaking truth. These are great speakers of truth. Never question what they're saying. You should never do that with anyone, with anyone. You should never consider anyone to be infallible. And unfortunately, that's what a lot of people do as they become um, attracted to and drawn into the study of Torah, listening to rabbis, because unfortunately that's the only place you can go. You definitely cannot go anywhere in Christianity to study Torah because they reject the Torah. Christianity is fundamentally an anti-Torah belief system. So we're forced into diving into the sea of rabbinic discourse and listening to rabbinic material, in order in as part of our search for truth but when i said don't ever believe a rabbi again i was specifically referring to when they say something is or is not messianic because see here's the point the opinions of rabbis vary sometimes they vary dramatically for instance there are passages who will say or excuse me there are rabbis who will say as i've stated Isaiah 53 is not Messianic, and they are firm on that. Other rabbis are exactly the opposite. They firmly say that it is Messianic. And that's just one example. There are many examples, okay? So I just wanted to clarify that. I didn't want people to think that I was just pounding the rabbis and, and being just terribly condemning of them, because I'm not, because I listen to them. I study from them. But you got to keep the proper perspective, And, yes, when it comes to what's messianic and what's not, yeah, don't listen to a rabbi. Because um, many rabbis, they're not, here's the thing, too. As I've studied Judaism and and its application to the New Testament and Yeshua Judaism and what is Yeshua Judaism, all that, um, typically anything that will support, and this is very important, anything in Akiva Judaism, in rabbinic material that will lend support to the New Testament, they tend to avoid openly discussing it. All right, you can still find it. For instance, I listened to a, a long series of, of uh, audios on hashkafa. You can uh, there are other, this other material that you know. There's some various writings you can go to. And you can find it, actually, in reading through the Hamash, even. There, the uh, One of the commentaries of the Torah, published by uh, Mazar Publications, the Stone Edition Hamash. There's material out there, but if you're watching YouTube videos, which a lot of people do, or listening to podcasts, they tend to avoid anything that could be supportive of the New Testament. Discussion of Messiah bin Yosef, the the fact that there are two messiahs discussed within Judaism, Messiah ben Yosef, or Messiah ben Joseph, and Messiah ben David. And you do not hear a lot of discussion on Messiah ben Joseph. Why? Because there are numerous parallels to what the New Testament teaches was accomplished by Yeshua. Numerous parallels. So you've got to be very careful, all right? And never take a rabbi's word as quote gospel, end quote. Basically, never assume a rabbi to be infallible, because it's very likely that anything one rabbi says, at least within the within the context of Messiah and Messianic passages, anything one rabbi may say, you may find another rabbi that will say differently but they very rarely openly say anything that can support the new testament even though there is a lot of material if you study haskafah if you study various aspects of Judaism you will find a lot of material that provides powerful support to the new testament but they they don't discuss that in most in most venues and it's It's more difficult to find that material. So I wanted to clarify that. And I know I've gone on now here for over 10 minutes, but I really wanted to clarify that because I I don't want people to think I'm anti-rabbi or anti-Judaism. I'm not. But I just recognize I've studied enough over the years to I can see their deceit when they are deceitful. I can see it. I know it's deceit because I've studied it and I know that something they may say elsewhere, that is not what is said. But unfortunately, that's just because I've studied so long, and unfortunately, most people haven't studied it that much. So, all right, I've uh, rambled way too long here. I I do want to finish this uh, discussion on what is the true Holy Scripture in this part. So even if I have to go an hour, I'm going to just push through it. And because I have to read the 51 verses, which, which show and discuss how the Tanakh is true Holy Scripture. Now, where we ended off, last time with part three is I was going to begin to discuss what is the proper approach to the New Testament. All right? And so I'm going to discuss discuss that here and then there will be a conclusion and then I'll go through the 51 passages. Alright. So so the proper approach to the New Testament. A proper approach is to consider the consider the New Testament as being learned commentary. Or oral Torah regarding what the authors consider to be the true Word of God, and to always use the Tanakh to verify the New Testament. I prove in a separate article that the New Testament is largely based upon Judaic oral Torah and can itself be considered oral Torah. And that discussion is the very lengthy, lengthy discussion. You, you can find it on the TorahMessiah.org website, in which I prove the legitimacy and necessity of Oral Torah. And I state in that, and I explain why. The New Testament, truthfully, is a form of Oral Torah. You might call it Messianic Oral Torah. All right? Now, I embrace and promote the New Testament, and I believe it to be highly, extremely reliable. I study it, love reading it, and am always assured of encouragement when I do. It is a fabulous compilation of writings that, if properly understood in the light of its Hebraic Torah context, clarifies many things regarding the Torah or law, the Creator God, and the Messiah. I cherish the clarity and concise presentation of many of the various aspects of God's instructions, particularly the moral instructions found within the New Testament, as I do the many exhortations to persevere in this evil and often painful age. However, I am constantly reminded of the sure fact that all the authors of the New Testament submitted to the ultimate truth that they considered to reside in the Tanakh and that they would be horrified at the thought of their letters or their material being used to abolish or declared as unnecessary, what they considered to be eternal and perfect. I mean, serious. The New Testament authors would be, they would exhibit horrible anguish if they were to see a situation now where you have Christianity, which is based upon their material, but which also declares the Torah as being abolished, and Messiah as being God, they would be horrified at such a a spectacle. But unfortunately, that's what's what's happened. And furthermore, their writings are used to supersede the Tanakh, to supersede what they themselves consider to be the holy Word of God. The writers of the New Testament, even with all the Thousands of possible edits made by Christian scribes all the way up to the 16th century clearly do show their view of what constitutes Holy Scripture, and it is not the material which they wrote. I sadly am convinced that proper contextual interpretation and reverence of the scripturally defined Holy Scripture, that is the Tanakh, is rarely done in the overwhelming number of Christian organizations. I do not support or agree with those who wish to tear the New Testament from the Bible or who consider the Apostle Paul to be a false teacher. Such people have, in my opinion, wrongly interpreted Paul's epistles and are far too quick to take the easy road of passing judgment instead of attempting to view his writings from the oral Torah context in which he wrote. Therefore, the opponents of Paul, and those who grossly misinterpreted what they call Pauline theology into an anti-Torah teaching, both make the same exact error. They both seem to miss the dominant pro-Torah message of the Apostle Paul. I discuss this at length also in the article in which I previously mentioned, that is, the article where I prove the legitimacy and necessity of oral Torah. Those of us who realize the Tanakh takes precedence in all matters of truth, and who read the New Testament with that in mind, begin immediately to see perfect correlation without the slightest speed bump as we transition from the Tanakh to the writings of the New Testament. Indeed, The inspiration of Scripture by God is clearly proven once a person recognizes how perfectly a proper contextual interpretation of the New Testament dovetails with the Tanakh. Virtually all supposed irregularities in the Bible disappear when the New Testament is rightly considered subject to the Tanakh. Evidence proving the existence of the Almighty Himself blazes forth forth, as the unbreakable chain of both Testaments is recognized. I have thus far had no one give me any scriptural refutation of my conviction that the Tanakh is the only pure Holy Scripture. In every attempt, the promoter of an incorrect New Testament faith who implicitly or explicitly discards what they call the Old Testament definitions of faith, such as Torah observance, to the wastebasket has had to resort to standard orthodoxy, that is, to Christian traditions of men. No one has presented any scriptural proof that the authors of the New Testament considered their writings to be superior to or even equal to the Holy Scriptures which they adored, the Tanakh. Simply stated, there is no scriptural proof that the New Testament is Holy Scripture, and that scriptural fact enrages dispensationalists and other Christians who wish to assist Satan's work by utilizing their incorrect interpretations of the New Testament to overrule the Tanakh, the true Holy Word of God. The New Testament has been grossly misapplied by those who seemed determined to rid mankind of the eternal word as defined by his faithful followers. I still seek scriptural opposition to the scriptural position I take within this discussion. This requires that the scripture be interpreted and used as, as the original authors would have intended it to be. To whom was it written? When was it written? About what was it written? What traditions existed, and how do they integrate into an interpretation, etc.? Frankly, failure to actually interpret from the true Hebraic Torah context of the writers is the cause for the popular blasphemy within Christianity of the scriptures, that is the Tanakh, that the writers of the New Testament so loved. That is, they generally blaspheme, which is a word meaning to scorn, the Tanakh. And the writers of the New Testament loved that Tanakh. That was their Bible. And yet within Christianity, implicitly they scorn it. I will not consider as reproof of my opinion traditional teachings or opinions that are not supported by Scripture. That is, traditional Christian teachings or opinions that are not supported by Scripture. Thus far, such opposition is all anyone has been able to mount. All I have ever received as opposition to this discussion is the traditional, classic assumption that the authors intended their writings to be Holy Scripture even though the authors never said so. This is an enormous, possibly unparalleled assumption that Christian leaders make, yet few ever consider the immense implication of such an assumption. By this assumption, many are literally declaring the eternal Torah or teachings of the Creator God to be superseded or abolished or at the very least equaled by writings from authors who never implied such an outrageous idea. The ease at which many make this assumption is indicative of how horribly diminished the concept of God and His Word has become in the minds of many traditional Christians. This is yet one of many proofs of how the fear all love, majesty, glory, and honor of the Creator God is all but dead in the minds of many Christians who have been fed false doctrines from their Christian leaders. To assume, just because Christian tradition says so, that the Almighty Eternal Creator God's Holy Word has been superseded by other writings is indeed pure blasphemy and I cannot sit by and allow such evil assumption to go unopposed. The Holy One commands in Ezekiel chapter 3 and chapter 33, as well as elsewhere, that we are to oppose all forms of wickedness. And nothing is more wicked than attempts to eradicate the holy word of God, the Tanakh, which includes his Torah, It is amazing how much hatred can be generated toward those who stand on the foundation of the true, holy Scriptures. Satan really emerges in others when he sees his attempt to rid the world of God's Word exposed. I have already shown that there is but one verse in the entire Bible to which Tanakh and Torah haters can go, and I've also proven that verse to be inconclusive at best. Perhaps someone can find one or two more, but they definitely will not find any in the Tanakh. Okay, fine. Then we will say that the standard Christian position has a 31,100 to 2 or 31,099 to 3 weight of evidence against it. But alas, I fully expect the traditional bias of many Christians to rise to the surface as they find themselves without any sound basis for the dominant implicit or explicit teaching within Christianity that the New Testament is better or that it supersedes the Tanakh. It does not, it never did, and it never will. The New Testament has never, has never been better or superseded the Tanakh. The New P- Testament never will be better or supersede the Tanakh for a very simple reason. Because the authors of the New Testament viewed the Scriptures to be the Tanakh. And they would never, ever have sanctioned or endorsed or supported the use of their writings to supersede what they view as Holy Scripture. Okay, so a brief conclusion. Why is it when individuals like myself use a correct contextual interpretation of the Bible as the basis of truth, we are generally considered a heretic? The dangerous grip of Christianity's anti-Torah tradition is most clearly shown in such circumstances. We should use the Bible along with a proper, historical, and contextual approach to define our faith. It is from the Bible, using a straightforward, rather simple and easily understood approach, that I have obtained the information that was presented within this discussion. There is simply no way around the absolutely sure truth that all writers of the New Testament considered the Tanakh, or Hebrew Scriptures, to be the Bible, to be the true, holy Scriptures. The fact that many are offended by this is very troublesome, since their offense is actually directed toward the word of the Almighty Creator God, and indeed toward the Creator God Himself. Such anger, when it is displayed, also betrays a deep, dark, anti-Semitism that still lurks within Christianity and within the hearts of many Christians, since much of the resentment to material which I have discussed within this four-part series is due to the inescapable underlying fact that the Judaic scriptures, the Tanakh, used by Yeshua and all New Testament writers are still the only true holy scriptures It is alarming to see so many Christians react so bitterly to that simple fact and it is this bitter reaction within that bitter reaction that you can see the age-old satanic hatred of Hebraic truth, Jews, and Israel. It is not my intention to reduce the immense importance and value of the New Testament. I firmly consider it to be inspired and invaluable when interpreted rightly within the historic Torah context and worldview of its alleged authors and when tested against the Tanakh as the New Testament commands and as the Bereans did in Acts chapter 17, 11. I completely understand the anger that many Christians or Messianics may feel as they listen to this material, and it pains me. It truly does. Frankly, I would have felt the same way during the first 30 to 35 years of my life, but then I didn't have someone showing me what I am presenting to you now. I had to discover what I present on the Torah Messiah website and within my uh, Yeshua Judaism series of podcasts on my own Through laborious, lengthy study. As of now, it has been an educational journey of almost three decades. Of course, I give all thanks to the Most High God for guiding me and creating the circumstances which led to my awakening. Notice I said led and also lead. Okay? So it led to my awakening in the past and it will lead to further awakening in the future if I maintain a humble, unbiased perspective. There is always more knowledge to obtain from the infinite storehouse of the eternal God's teachings. All I hope to accomplish in this discussion is to somehow persuade Christians to think as the authors of the New Testament thought to cause Christians to consider Scripture to be what the authors of the New Testament defined as Scripture. I hope to somehow awaken Christians to the danger to their eternal destiny if they reject the ultimate truth and final authority of the Tanakh. Basically, I do what I can while hoping and praying that Christians will return to the study of the actual Holy Scriptures, the Tanakh, which very few Christians Ever spend much time reading. Seriously, folks, very few Christians expend much effort reading the Bible at all, and very, very few have ever read it in its entirety. The common notion is that studying what they irreverently call the Old Testament is a waste of time, since to them it has been superseded by the New Testament. A notion that I have proven wrong. I choose to use the same Bible Yeshua used, the same Bible Paul used, the same Bible Peter used, the same Bible Timothy used, the same Bible James, John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and all the original followers of our Lord Yeshua Messiah used. If others choose not to use that material then they will have to answer to the one who inspired that Bible, which they are implicitly discarding. I stand on the scripturally defined definition of Holy Scripture. My friend, on what do you stand? I sincerely pray that you will deeply consider what Scripture defines as Holy Scripture and will then seek truth from those holy writings. Okay, that concludes the discussion. Now, I am going to begin to go through all 51 verses where the term Scripture is used within the New Testament. And you will see as you listen to these, in each case, it is referring to the Tanakh, not to the New Testament. All right? They'll all be be coming from the King James Version, I'm going to read through them fairly quickly, but again, this is just to provide you the 51 passages, 51 examples, where the term Scripture is mentioned in the New Testament. Okay, first, Matthew chapter 21, verse 42, Jesus saith unto them, G.G. never read the Scriptures. The stone which the builders rejected, the same is become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. Matthew 22:29 Jesus answered and said unto them Ye do err, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. Matthew 26:54 But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it be must be? Matthew 26:56 But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. Mark twelve ten. And have ye not read this scripture, the stone which the builders rejected is become the head of the corner. Mark twelve verse twenty four. And Jesus answering said unto them, Do ye do ye not therefore err, because ye know not the scriptures, neither the power of God. Mark chapter fourteen verse forty nine. I was daily with you in the temple teaching and ye took me n- and ye took me not but the scriptures must be fulfilled Mark 15 verse 28 and the scripture was fulfilled which saith and he was numbered with the transgressors Luke chapter 4 verse 21 and he began to say unto them this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears Luke chapter 24 verse 27. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the Scriptures the things concerning himself. Luke chapter 24, verse 32. And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us, while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the Scriptures? Luke chapter 24, verse 45. Then opened he their understanding, that they might understand the Scriptures. John, chapter 2, verse 22. When therefore He was risen from the dead, His disciples remembered that He had said this unto them, and they believed the Scripture and the word which Jesus had said. John, chapter 5, verse 39. Search the Scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of Me. John, chapter 7, verse 38. He that believeth on Me... As the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. John chapter 7 verse 42. Hath hath not the Scriptures said that Christ cometh of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem where David was? John chapter 10 verse 35. If he called them gods unto whom the word of God came and the Scripture cannot be broken... John, chapter 13, verse 18. I speak I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen. But that the scripture may be fulfilled, He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. John, chapter 17, verse 12. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition that the scripture might be fulfilled. John chapter 19, verse 24. They said therefore among themselves, Let us not rend it, but cast lots for it. Whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith, They parted my raiment among them, and for my vesture they did cast lots. These things therefore the soldiers did. John chapter 19, verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the Scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. John chapter 19, verse 36, For these things were done that the Scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. John chapter 19, verse 37, And again another Scripture saith, They shall look on him whom they pierced. John chapter 20, verse 9, For as yet they knew not the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. Acts chapter 1 verse 16. Men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. Acts chapter 8 verse 32. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so opened he not his mouth. Acts chapter 8, verse 35, Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same Scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Acts chapter 17, verse 2, And Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures. Acts chapter 17, verse 11. These were more noble than those of Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind, and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. Acts chapter 18, verse 24. And a certain Jew named Apollos, born in Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures, came to Ephesus. Acts chapter 18, verse 28. For he mightily convinced the Jews, and that publicly, showing by the Scriptures that Jesus was Christ. Romans chapter 1 verse 2, Which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Romans chapter 4 verse 3, For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Romans chapter 9 verse 17, For the Scripture saith unto Pharaoh, Even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Romans chapter 10 verse 11 For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Romans chapter 11 verse 2 God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. What ye not what the Scripture saith of Elias? How he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Romans chapter 15, verse 4, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Romans chapter 16, verse 26, But now is made manifest, and by the Scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 4, And that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. Galatians chapter 3, verse 8, And the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. Galatians chapter 3, verse 22. But the Scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise of faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Galatians chapter 4, verse 30. Nevertheless, what saith the Scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 18 For the Scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for reproof, Excuse me, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. James chapter, chapter two verse eight. If ye fulfill the royal, royal law according to the Scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. James chapter two verse twenty three. And the scripture was, was fulfilled which saith. Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. James chapter 4 verse 5. Do ye think that the scripture saith in vain, The spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth lusteth to envy? 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 6. Wherefore also it is contained in this scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone elect precious and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded second peter chapter 1 verse 20 knowing this verse that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation and finally the last mention of the term scripture in the entire bible second peter 3:16 as also, in all, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. And that's fifty-one uses, fifty-one passages in the New Testament, which use the term scripture. All fifty-one are referring to the Tanakh. So there you have it, my friend. This ends and completes this four-part series. So what is the true Holy Scripture? The true Holy Scripture is the Tanakh, irreverently called the Old Testament by Christianity. My friend, a true faith, a true foundation, is based upon utilizing the same scriptures that were used by Yeshua the Messiah and all his original followers. And that includes all authors of everything in the New Testament. We should use the same Bible that they use. The same holy scriptures they use. Do you? If you do not, do you plan to change that? and to begin to use the same scriptures they used? I indeed hope and pray that you do. Thank you for listening, and goodbye.